There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in Tampa Ranch, Michael Biden. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone. Happy Saturday and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon, retired NYPD sergeant with 27 years of service. And today, you know, we're, we're sort of, uh, the spotlight has sort of, sort of been shined upon corrections and inmates and escapes. And it seems like over the last few days, there's been at least two other very dangerous inmates have escaped in different parts of the USA. Of course, the spotlight I'm talking about is of because of um, Casey and Vicki White, that case that sort of uh, had the whole nation watching. And we saw some of the uh, sort of snafus involved and the, the mistakes made by corrections and we wonder if this is something that can happen all over the country, or is this something that was an aberration, or is this something that is a problem all over the place? And I would submit to you that because of the nature of this type of work, it is a problem all over the place. And on Thursday, you see the uh, individual, Gonzalo Lopez, uh, authorities in Texas were searching early Friday for a convicted murder who they said had escaped from a correctional facility, uh, from uh, a correctional bus the day before after stabbing the driver in the hand and forcing the vehicle off a highway into a cow pasture. The authorities deployed dogs and helicopters in the search for the inmate, Gonzalo Artemio Lopez, 46, who's been serving a life sentence for killing a man with a pickaxe. That's pretty disturbing, killing someone with a pickaxe. Uh, as you can see from his record, he's very dangerous. Robert Hurst, a public information officer for the state's Department of Criminal Justice, said in a phone interview on Thursday night, multiple police agencies joined the search for the inmate at an intersection of two major highways in rural uh, area of Leon County near the city of Centerville, Texas, which sits halfway between Dallas to the north and Houston to the south. News footage of the manhunt showed police officers, some on horseback, searching farmland near a crash site, inspecting a fence, and stopping vehicles. Mr. Lopez escaped on Thursday afternoon as the long white bus, which was transporting several prisoners, traveled east along Highway 7. It was taking him from a prison in Gatesville, Texas, to a medical appointment in the city of Huntsville, Mr. Hurst said. Now, my question is, how does an inmate um, get out of his seat on a bus? Why is he not restrained to the seat. You know, why is he not cuffed to the seat? Why is he able to get up? That's a big question. And the other question is, is how did this inmate obtain a weapon? How did he obtain a knife? Aren't they searched before they get on this bus? And I'm not trying to be um, a tear talk with Anthony Ganji. Good to see Anthony. You know, Anthony, I featured you on an episode the other night with your um, interview at News Nation. So thank you so much for subscribing, and I would love to have you on the show in, in a future episode since you are an expert in this type of thing, which I in no way am an expert. 
I'm going to show you a little video from News Nation in regards to this escaped inmate to see what they have to say. But it's just horrifying when you think that these incidences are taking place all over the country and prisoners like this are being transported in prisoner vans and buses all throughout the United States. And what are the security practices? Scary that this could happen, but it has happened and it's been happening as we've been made aware of, of course, with the uh, Casey White and the Vicky White case. Most wanted fugitives list. His name is Gonzalo Lopez. He is serving a life sentence for capital murder and attempted capital murder. Authorities say he assaulted a corrections officer on a bus that was transporting prisoners yesterday, crashed that bus, and then he got away. Authorities are warning people in that area tonight, lock your doors, lock your cars, and stay inside. Some schools even went on lockdown within the last few hours. Senior National Correspondent Brian Enton joining us live in Centerville, Texas tonight with the latest on this manhunt. You know, I wonder if Brian Enton ever gets any sleep. He's all over the country, or he, does he get any days off? It's it's unbelievable. This guy's one hell of a reporter, and he's a young guy. Uh, we follow him all the time. Brian. Marty, this is especially disturbing because this man is so dangerous and because there have been no sightings of him up until now. So many questions about how this could have happened. We are told that he was shackled at his feet and he also had handcuffs on. He somehow managed to get out of both of those. He used some kind of tool to break into the cage where the driver was and managed to take over the bus. Search for Gonzalo Lopez continues. In Centerville, Texas, all eyes are on the woods just west of Interstate 75. Well, 13 cars, helicopter, horses, dogs. Sometimes there's been two, 300 people right here. Jameis Kavanaugh has been watching since this all began Thursday afternoon. He says he figures with this many law enforcement out, Centerville is the safest place in Texas right now. In all, more than 300 law enforcement officers have swarmed this area, and there is now a $15,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of Gonzalo Lopez. This man is a very dangerous person. If you see him, do not attempt to take him into custody by yourself, contact 911, have local law enforcement deal with him. He is someone not to be reckoned with by yourself. So why are they so concerned about Lopez? Well, not only did he overpower two guards in yesterday's escape, his rap sheet includes several extremely violent attacks. He has a capital murder conviction out of Hidalgo County. He also has an attempted capital murder conviction out of Webb County. He killed a man in 2005 with a pickaxe. After kidnapping the man and asking for a ransom for his return. Of course, the biggest question now is where is the fugitive? But as the investigation into what happened continues, there are other tough questions the Department of Criminal Justice must answer. Can you describe the restraints that he had on in the bus? Was he shackled? And how is it possible that he was able to get out of those? He was wearing handcuffs. He had handcuffs, leg restraints also. Uh, how he got out of them, we do not know. So he got out of the handcuffs and the leg restraints? Yeah, he got up into the driver's compartment. Do you, are you aware of what happened? Yes. He got up into the driver's compartment. He had nothing on his legs or in his head when he took out across the cow pasture. And so right now there is a $15,000. Uh, you know, I think the question was, yeah, like how the hell did he get into the compartment with the driver that's supposed to be secured? That is the big question. Why isn't he uh, handcuffed to his seat so that he can't roam around? I mean, that's the question to a layman. I am in no way 
a correctional expert, but I question why would inmates being transported be able to get up out of their seat? Outrageous. They shouldn't be able to get out of their seat unless they are released by the correctional officer. A reward for any information that could lead to this inmate. Uh, they're using horses and they've got dogs out in the woods behind me and they expect to search all night long. Marnie. Wow. Brian, do they think that he's still in that area? What indication do they have of, in terms of evidence where he may be? They do. Um, they say they have not had any sightings of him, but they believe he is still in this area. They basically set up a perimeter. When I was driving in along the highway, you could see, you know, every 500 feet or so, there was someone just watching the wood line. Uh, they still believe he's somewhere uh, right in the vicinity of this area. Well, the other thing we keep hearing is how dangerous Gonzalo Lopez is, his criminal history. What more can you share about his past? I mean, it doesn't get much more dangerous than this. First of all, he was convicted of killing someone with a pickaxe. Um, imagine how brutal that is. He yeah, you know, I think killing someone in a pickaxe with a pickaxe is pretty damn uh, gruesome. And it qualifies this dude, Gonzalo Lopez, uh, to be quite dangerous. And, uh, you know, how he escaped is beyond me. And I, this always basically pisses me off because look at the public, the danger the public is put in with this guy escaping into this little farm country here. Now all the farmers, all the people that live on there, they better get their shotguns ready. You know, don't wait for law enforcement to protect you, protect yourself. He's also been in trouble before for shooting at deputies. Uh, so obviously the officers here on the scene can't take any chances. All right, standing by, Brian, we'll be talking to you again shortly. Thank you. I want to bring in Robert Hurst now with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice uh, to talk more about this fugitive manhunt. <sighs> Sir, we appreciate you coming on tonight. Um, so give us an update. What's the latest on the search? Well, let me add to what Brian just told you. The reward is now up to $22,500. An additional $7,500 has been put into the bank by Crime Stoppers here in Texas. So if anybody has information about uh, this man, we need to get him in custody again, Gonzalo Lopez. Uh, if anybody's got information about him, there's a $22,500 reward for him. He is dangerous, as dangerous as they come, Robert. Um, what is your message to the public right now if um, they come face to face with him? Do not deal with him by yourself. Contact law enforcement officials. Call 911. Do not engage this man on your own. He is very dangerous. As Brian, you know, folks, that's all well and good, but these authorities do not approach him. Do not, yeah, but if you're defending your home, blow this guy away with whatever weapon you have, right? Don't listen to this like you got to hide like some victim. Take control. I'm not saying you go out and try to apprehend this guy, but I don't like this. Advice, go hide in a, in a hole. No, defend your home with your shotgun, with your nine, with your 40 caliber, with your 45. Do not cower because this is what they seem to be preaching. And it really annoys me that they uh, preach this crap. And told you he killed a man with a pickaxe back in 2005. He also uh, shot at sheriff's deputies in 2004. And now he's uh, injured one of our officers during that takeover of the bus yesterday afternoon. And uh, he's out there somewhere. We are not going to uh, take this lightly. We are going to get him back in custody. How quickly were you all able to set up a perimeter and how far does that perimeter extend right now? Well, uh, we set it up pretty quick after this happened. We were very fortunate that there were 
law enforcement officers that were already in the area from the Jewett Police Department as well as the Leon County Sheriff's Department. Uh, when this incident happened yesterday afternoon, they immediately uh, set up a perimeter along with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. It only took us maybe about 30, 45 minutes to get this perimeter set up. The perimeter goes down Highway 7 out of Centerville, westbound over to Highway 79 to a town called Marquet. And then from Marquet up Highway 79 to a town called Buffalo. And then from Buffalo back down to Centerville on Interstate 45. We have, uh, with the Texas Department of Public Safety, we have shut down Highway 7 going westbound. So any traffic that's coming through here, it's not going to go westbound so that we can maintain this perimeter. Also, if anybody is using Highway 79, we're encouraging the public, please not use Highway 79 if at all possible. It is a major thoroughfare, but we appreciate we would appreciate it if the public did not use Highway 79 as well. A lot of truck traffic goes up and down Highway 79, so we're just trying to keep that at a minimum. And also Interstate 45, we can't do anything about shutting down I-45 but we are asking the public to please be very aware of what's going on here. If they're traveling down I-45 going between Dallas and Houston, uh, Centerville is the halfway point between Dallas and Houston mm. on I-45. So uh, if anybody's using that roadway, that interstate, we're also asking them to please, please be very aware of what's going on here. Let's talk more about the escape. Um, any evidence indicating that he had a plan prior to um, getting out of those shackles and overtaking the bus driver? It's part of our ongoing investigation. I can't address that right now. It's still part of the ongoing investigation. You know, folks, to me, it's disturbing. I mean, first of all, if you read about the escape, the uh, the correctional officer in the rear of the bus had a shotgun, and he fired a shot at him, and I, they don't know if they hit him or not. But, I mean, why did they not? I guess the procedure is to not leave the other inmates on the bus alone, and that's probably why he didn't pursue him. But if he had pursued him, he could have shot him dead. I, they shot him. They don't know if they hit him. So, I mean, these type of procedures, and that'll be part of the investigation when they look into this after the fact. Uh, tear Talk with Anthony Ganji. Thank you so much for the 1999 Super Chat. And Anthony says, keep spreading the good uh, word information saves lives. 100%. And we've seen, you know, it's disturbing, I think, to the public to see how easily some of these inmates are getting away. And we, we would hope that more... Uh, Tom Cusinelli, good to see you, Captain uh, Tom. Great to see you. Uh, Mickey Mantle's in the chat. All you guys in the chat. Buddy Rich, you are not the famous drummer. He's not alive anymore, but it's great. At least you have you're his namesake. Uh, Patrick Glanville, many people don't own a gun. In Texas, Patrick, I think 95% of the population owns guns. Uh, that is gun central. And, you know, that's why... We have our Second Amendment for instances like this when the government, the police, cannot protect you. You need to protect yourself. And that is what the Second Amendment is for. So when you hear all these politicians preaching about not having guns, they're not concerned with you. you got to be concerned with yourself and protecting yourself. So yeah, th so this is a, a typical situation where you have a dangerous, dangerous inmate escape and Folks, you got to, as I said, I'm preaching, yeah, preach, preach. Uh, Kayla Ciela, uh, uh, is prisoners that dangerous can walk out to go to an appointment, they should be required tracker bracelet, but that's my own opinion to prevent this, I guess. Someone helped him out. Well, we'll see, you know, we'll find out if, in fact, anyone helped him during this investigation. 
Uh, Kevin, 36361, Texans won't think twice to shoot him. You know, my sister uh, lives in Texas in Houston, and she had told me one time some guy came in and to uh, stick up a Burger King, and he pulled out a gun, and like uh, 10 people online shot him dead. So don't do not do a stick up in Texas. It's like those old movies when someone pulls out a gun, and then every single person at the bar pulls out a gun. Like, yeah, we have guns too, you know? So it sort of negates the other guns. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. If you like um, this podcast, please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. Uh, we're pushing 28,000. Our goal, of course, is to hit 30 and, of course, keep growing and growing and growing. And if you want to support us, we have a Patreon. We have three different levels on the Patreon. And we also have a YouTube membership channel. You see a lot of the folks in the chat with the green font. They're part of our YouTube family, and we really appreciate them. And, again, if you want to... Uh, uh, support us in that way you can you can join our youtube family i'm going to go back to the news nation report on this guy and just see who this guy is and actually how dangerous he really is is there a video camera on that bus that can help as you guys piece together all the clues unfortunately there is not uh, what more can you tell but us about the oh, two the, but unfortunately but unfortunately let me t- let me tell you this the two officers that were involved yesterday in the situation officer briner uh, I'm sorry, Officer Brenniger and Officer Smith, those two officers that were on the bus, they are being very cooperative with our investigators talking about what happened. And let me tell you, these two officers were very heroic in what they did. They were dealt with a very serious situation with this guy that you know what his background is like. Officer Smith was in a physical altercation with him. He tried to get Officer Smith's gun. Officer Smith made sure that he did not get his gun. Okay, you know something? We understand all that. My question is, how did he get up out of his seat? And how did he get into the compartment where the driver of the bus was? That is bad news. And that is procedural. And that is a horrendous mistake. I don't doubt that the officer was heroic and he fought a hand-to-hand battle with this guy and this mutt tried to get his gun but we want, to, we want to know how the hell did that happen. That's what we're looking at. And Officer Breiniger shot at him with his shotgun as well as his pistol as he was fleeing the scene. Mm. So the officers were very heroic in making sure that this situation that was already bad did not get worse. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it could have been much, much worse. Um, what weapon did he use to, to stab the officer who was driving the bus? We don't know. We're still trying to determine what it was that he used. It was some type of a sharp. Rhino T from the chat. Two guards for 16 inmates is ridiculous. Toddlers on a field trip have more people watching them. Rhino T, you're preaching to the choir. I 100% agree with you. You're right. It's very lax. And where? why is there not a video camera on the bus? I find that in this era of video being everywhere, I find that extremely egregious, ridiculous that there's no video on that bus. I just, it's its hard to even understand. Crazy. Object that he used to both get underneath the doorway. He cut out that metal portion of the doorway. He, Whatever he used to cut that out is also what he used to stab Officer Smith in the left hand and also stab him in the chest. Uh, as part of protocol and procedures before these inmates are loaded up onto a bus, are they searched? Are they strip searched for any possible weapons or anything that they could do something like this? Yes. And did that happen? Yes. And they found nothing? Uh, 
at some point he got some type of an object. We don't know where, but at some point he got that object that he used to get into the that he used to get into the driver's compartment and also to assault Officer Smith. Are you aware at any point is he getting help and does he have any connections to the cartels um, given his criminal past with drugs? I can't I can't address that. All right. Um, any other thing you can pass along tonight on the search, um, the manpower, the people that are out there looking for this dangerous fugitive? We've got uh, in excess of 300 uh, law enforcement officials here looking for him. It's gone past 24 hours now. And uh, the word that we. You know, Jr. in the chat, you know, something uh, someone suggested that there should be a chase car following a, uh, a prison inmate van at least one car, maybe two. And had that happened, they would have been able to chase this inmate. Also, an additional level or layer of security, if you will. JR, excellent suggestion, and I really appreciate that. And I've, I've heard that before, and I think it makes perfect sense. We want to get out to the public is be very aware that this man is very, very dangerous. And if you see him or if you have any indication that he's been on your property, Please contact the local law enforcement officials through 911. Be very aware of what's going on here. If uh, if anybody lives in this area, we've gotten the word out to them to, you know, please either stay in your home or if you do leave your home, lock it up good, lock up your vehicles. Um, we don't want anything to happen where he gets into somebody's house and, and causes a, a worse situation inside somebody's home or gets in a vehicle and and causes a worse situation or maybe is even able to get out of the area. We just want to get this guy back in custody. All right. Well, our best to you and your teams, and we'll be checking back in with you, Robert Hurst, with the Texas Department of Justice. Thank you for your time tonight, sir. You're welcome. Jack Donson is, a reti is retired from the Federal Bureau of Prisons, and he is joining us now. Uh, Jack, appreciate you coming on. Uh, let's start with this case. Um, you just heard um, Robert. You know, folks, it's always good to have uh, an expert that is outside the normal the department or normal corrections, or this guy is the public relations officer, the guy that was just on the screen, so that they can talk frankly and talk about what actually happened here the mistakes that happened here, the danger they put the public in. For may maybe it's from cutting costs. Maybe they didn't have enough personnel on this uh, prisoner bus with 16 inmates in it. Robert Hurst, they're describing how this fugitive was able to get out of his shackles and overtake the officer who was driving the bus and get away. Um, what stands out to you about the circumstances here? Yeah, this is very unusual as far as a bus operation. Um, for somebody to get out of their shackles and overtake the bus uh, is, is, is unique, actually. It's uh, as far as like protocols go, um, he talked about the strip search before they go into the bus. Uh, it's not unusual for people to get out of restraints, but I have to assume there, there might have been a breach of protocol as far as when he got in the the bus to have that object to, you know, facilitate the escape of what he did. Right. Not only to get out of the handcuffs, the shackles, but then to try to get through that door, typically on a bus like this. I mean, what is the barrier between the inmates and the officers? Yeah. Well, well something that struck out to me is that ordinarily now I'm federal, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a federal career, so we always had a chase vehicle. So it would be unusual for two people to go out with a busload of people and, you know, and do a movement. So there's usually a chase vehicle. So 
You know, folks, by chase vehicle, he doesn't mean have the police assigned. Corrections has their own personnel that should do this. I live near the Taconic Parkway, which heads up and splits uh, New York State in the middle. And all the state prisons, of course, are upstate. Uh, that's why they call it going up the river, uh, going upstate, going up north. And I see prisoner vans all the time on the Taconic Parkway. And they're not that obvious to the untrained eye, but I know what they look like. And I, uh, I'm i surprised that prison inmates haven't escaped or haven't made a jailbreak uh, from these prison vans heading up to the different state prisons. Because, of course, most of the people in state prison are in New York State are from the New York City metropolitan area, one of the five boroughs. So they bring them up and down uh, from the state prisons for court appearances in Manhattan, in the Bronx, in Queens, in Staten Island, uh, in Brooklyn. So they're traveling all the time up that uh, the Connick Parkway. And I'm frankly amazed that we haven't had an incident. Well, there has been incidences, but not on the Taconic Parkway. Well, they had those those two inmates escape um, the famous TV show Danamora. But other than that, there hasn't been an escape from a van on the highway. Let me get back to this report here with this federal officer. So I have to assume this was isolated to the two officers. And, uh, you know, so to me, it, it, it's definitely, you know, unusual for him to get out of the restraints, which is not as unusual, but then to have some kind of an object to get to the driver. that that That's definitely unique. Yeah, no, I mean, it's almost like we were talking in the newsroom today, the movie Con Air, right? It's reminiscent of that. And um, we're just glad that more inmates weren't able to get, get away in the process. Um, talk about, though, the vulnerabilities in transport, because as soon as you leave the, the secure prison facility, whatever it might be, and you transport inmates, um, you open the doors to a lot of different possibilities. So what steps need to be taken, um, not just in this instant, but every day um, to make sure things like this don't happen? Well, well, you said an important thing is that in a prison environment, everything is very controlled. So like staff, all the protocols, extremely controlled. Once you step out of that controlled environment, Obviously, you know, that's where things can happen. You know, escapes seem to be on the uprise, but from secure environments, they really aren't. So in the transport, you know, it's it's basically definitely a more challengeable situation once you get out in the community. So uh, obviously, you know, when you have like the Vicky White situations where there's staff corruption, uh, I'm not saying there was a breach of protocol in this case, but, you know, when we talk about the strip search, People don't do thorough strip searches. You know, people cut corners. You know, a, a strip search is a strip search. Like somebody could actually have an object on their body in an orifice, to be honest with you. And if they're, if they're not paying attention to protocols, boom, they're on the bus and they have an object and now they can facilitate an escape. Well, and it's speculative, but in order to do all that, get the object, um, in this case, do you need help? I mean, you need somebody who's giving you things, um, feeding you information, or can you do it on your own? No, definitely do it on your own. Let's talk about the um, getting out of their restraints. You know, throughout my career, people can get out of restraints. It's really not that difficult to get out of restraints. You know, now getting out of their restraints and having the object, now you start to, you know, 
you know, there's definitely different facets of this, but getting out of restraints is, is very, it's not unusual or atypical in a prison environment. Really? Uh, that's surprising to me. I mean, then why, then why have them if people can get out? Don't we need a better restraint? Well, listen, we get into some like micro issues on, I, 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 to, I don't know. Like, when we got a murderer on the run, it doesn't seem too micro to me. It seems very troubling. No, I'm saying as far as micro, like at, at the federal level, not only do they have leg irons, uh, handcuffs, they have what's called a black box and a belly chain. So in other words, the state protocols, the local protocols, everybody has their protocols. But at the federal level, aside from, you know, again, leg irons, handcuffs, belly chain, black box, you know, it's it, it's difficult yeah. in, in certain circumstances, and I don't know these exact circumstances, but people can get out of uh, of restraints. And we saw it in this case, uh, modern day Houdini. Um, let's just hope they catch him soon before he hurts anybody. Uh, Jack Donson, appreciate. You know, folks, whenever you watch anything in regards to corrections, realize that prison inmates have twenty four seven to plan devious shit and to work on techniques and to secrete weapons in places or have someone hide a weapon for them on a transport bus. So all this deviousness is, is, is part of being a, an inmate. You know, it's like, as I said, they have 24 seven to plan this crap, you know, and this guy is his photo on the screen. He, uh, he's a violent, violent guy. And, and, you know, something when people don't understand how this could happen, it's maybe on naivete that, oh, my God, these prison inmates have all this deviousness and they're not good people. That's like the craziness that sometimes, you know, politicians want these guys to have, you know, all kinds of um, spiffs, I would call it, inside prison. You know, cable TV, uh, access to lawyers 24-7 prison library, uh, working out, all these things that really should be for free people, people that haven't can, been convicted of, felon, uh, of felonies. And you know, the argument is that a one day, every one of these guys is going to get out of prison one day. And that's probably true. But you know something? One of the reasons they're in prison is to be punished. They're not there to watch cable TV and to surf the internet and to, uh, to have a good time in prison. There is another escape story coming up, uh, this, this guy in, from Oregon. And I'm going to play a little bit of this because it's just it seems like it's a, a, a trend, and we, wa we want to keep, keep an eye on this. Let me play a little bit of this. Teen days on the run. 38-year-old Andrew Kane Kristovich left the Sheridan, Oregon Federal Minimum Security Camp more than two weeks ago. According to his ex-girlfriend, he messaged her using a smuggled cell phone, saying he was being released early and wanted to be picked up. When she refused, Kristovich threatened her and her children. That's when she says she agreed to come get him near the prison and bring him back to her apartment two hours away in Clark County, Washington. Once there, she says, he terrorized her for hours, raping and choking her. He stole her debit card, cell phone, and car, 
and left, ditching the car along the way. The ex-girlfriend and her children are now in hiding because of what she's told police if captured. Kristovich now faces a long list of new charges likely to be tacked on to his original 2018 sentence of five years. Residents near the prison say they weren't told anyone broke out, this man not showing his face, because he's scared. If you hold prison or people there, you're supposed to make sure they're secure. They're not getting out. And we should have known what happened, though. If somebody broke out of prison and did all this stuff, raped somebody. If authorities are right, that man is safe, and Kristovich is far away in Snohomish County, Washington, more than an hour northwest of Seattle, where he has ties. Authorities think someone there is helping him hotel surf, change locations often. He's considered armed and dangerous, believed to have new weapons, and has made statements he will not be returning to custody. That's why the U.S. Marshal Service has released these photos, hoping someone tips them off before he can hurt anyone else. Aside from his description seen on the screen, his former girlfriend says he's heavier than these pictures. She says he looked puffy, his face very red. That was back in 2018, Marty, that Kristovich was arrested and charged with drug manufacturing and manufacturing ghost AK-47s. Now, most people know what those are. That's a Kalashnikov, a Russian-made assault. Assault rifle, and you're probably wondering right about now, Marnie, given those charges, how he wound up in a federal minimum security camp. Well, we're told the reason was he was a first-time offender. Boy, little consolation to the public tonight. Tom Negevin live in New York. Tom, thank you. All right, let's stay on this. I want to bring in Deputy U.S. Marshal Christopher Tomeo with the Pacific Northwest Violent Offender Task Force. So you guys have your work cut out for you, uh, Deputy. This guy is armed and dangerous. Um, where's your focus right now? Uh, our focus is honestly just trying to find him as soon as possible. Um, you know, we're, we're working pretty hard right now, and we have plenty of people uh, dedicating some resources and time for this um, just to keep the public safe. What type of weapons do you think he might have at this point? Uh, you know, we don't know for sure, but uh, based on his history, as you said, um, it is it is likely that he armed himself and may have a uh, you know, handgun or rifle. Uh, you guys do this um, all the time, so it's, it's it's something you're accustomed to. But when you've got a guy who says publicly, I'm not going to be returning to custody, how do you approach it differently? Yeah, unfortunately, we deal with this a lot. Uh, most people say that um, sometimes they mean it, sometimes they don't. Um, in this case, you know, and, and most of them, we, we treat them the same. Um, if that's if that's what they want to say, you know, we have to take it seriously and, and treat as if they're they're going to you know go out fighting um, and not want to go back to prison. So you know, we take it pretty seriously. 
it's it's troubling that he was able to walk away one from this minimal security prison, but now he's accused of assault and rape. So he is violent. He's dangerous. After this all happened after his escape, so tell us more about the risk to the public and sort of his rap sheet that you're going off tonight. Yeah. So you know his initial charges. It was kind of briefly said, but. Well, folks, there we have Richella Pranzo, a big fan of uh, police off the cuff, real crime stories. Bill seems like he was caught in Portland, Oregon. A convict who escaped from federal prison in Oregon is suspected of a rape in Clark County, has been captured in Nevada, which is great, great news. You know, folks, one of the things that I, when I heard this report that was really, really, really disturbing is that he calls his ex-girlfriend and she knows how dangerous this guy is. And he, he threatens her and says, if you don't pick me up two hours away, you don't pick me up, I'm going to harm you and your children. But she, why would she do that? She knows he's going to harm her if she picks him up. And she does it. And, of course, he rapes and terrorizes her for hours, steals her, her bank card and her car. I mean, just like you, just, you cannot make that stuff up. It just Just incredible. But, you know, this is what we're dealing with, you know. You know, today, of course, uh, we we've all followed the um, the Casey White and the Vicky White case, and today, uh, of course, is the uh, the funeral for uh, Vicky White, and we spoke at great length um, about about the case. And I don't know is there if there's a lot of sympathy for Vicky White for the fact that um, she crossed that line. She crossed that line of criminality, and she became a criminal once she helped uh, Casey White escape from that prison. Let's face it, Casey White is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous guy. And she had over a two-year relationship with him, which started via phone calls between her and him in state prison. And folks, I don't know a lot of you folks in the chat, if you know, you're not free when you're in state prison. All your phone calls are monitored. Everything's monitored. Your mail's monitored. People review everything. So she has to she has to know that. So how did she feel free to correspond with this dangerous, dangerous criminal? And that's one of the things that I shake my head at in regards to this case. And you know, a lot of folks we could say uh, we we talked to clinical psychologists that. This is almost like a reverse Stockholm syndrome, where instead of um, he um, identifying with his captor, which would have been her, she's identifying with him, who is her charge, one of her inmates. So very tough to understand. Um, Janice Martin, I just read where uh, Vicky bought one of his two children and his grandson birthday and Christmas gifts, according to his mother. Mother said they were in love. Yeah, I, you know, Vic, uh, Janice, I read that too. I just don't, I'm not sympathetic to it. I just think, like, why, why are you picking the forbidden fruit and falling in love with a prison inmate, really, in this instance, who has no legal way out of prison? Why are you falling in love with it? It's it does to me, it makes absolutely no sense. But you know something, I'm not a psychologist. Uh, this is really it's really crazy. Um, Robert Clark, hi Bill and Chad, how are you, Robert Clark? Good to see all you folks in the chat. If you're not subscribed, Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories, 
please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. And if you want to contribute to Police Off the Cuff, we have a Patreon with three different levels. Or you can join our YouTube family and you see the folks in the chat. We have five different levels with the green font. They're part of our channel members, and I really appreciate them. I'm going to play a little bit more. I don't think people can see this enough times. The uh, the police video from the apprehension of this case, and it's just very a very interesting thing. Uh, let me play it. It's on the screen now. It's on the screen. They're tending to him. They just pulled him out of the vehicle. Uh, Vicky's still inside the vehicle with a gun in her right hand. Uh, this is post-gunshot being fired where she uh, shot herself in the head, self-inflicted gunshot wound. He's being pulled over. Yeah, the, he did say, I don't think you can hear it now, how is my wife referring to Vicky as his wife? I think if you look very close, he may have gotten hit with the round to the back of his head or at least a part of the projectile because he was bleeding from the back of his head. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a crazy thing, but um, you can just see the, the immense size of this man. He is just a giant. He's like the jolly green giant there. And uh, thank God that he is back in prison where he belongs um, because he's a dangerous individual. And, and you know, we can talk, basically ad nauseum about what happened here. Um, it's, it's just, it, it, you know, it, it's a crazy thing that, 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 you know, she helped him escape. She helped him escape from, um, from prison. And it's just, um, I'm going to just, they, they came up yesterday. Also, there was a thing with Casey white, his attorneys coming up with a mental health defense, which I don't think really matters so much because he's already, uh, has 75 years he has to complete uh, before he ever faces the murder charge. For 11 days on the run, they were captured in Indiana May 9th. Authorities say Vicki White died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound last Monday night. Casey White's capital murder trial is set for June 13th. He is accused of stabbing and killing Connie Ridgeway back in October of 2015. News 19's chief investigative reporter Brian Lawson joins us now. So Brian, authorities say Casey White confessed to the Ridgeway murder. So what kind of defense can he offer here? Right. So there could be a challenge to the alleged confession, but the defense is focused on his mental state. Essentially that his mental disease was so severe he didn't understand what he was doing at the time of Connie Ridgway's killing in Rogersville. Now, Casey White was in Donaldson Prison in 2020 on unrelated charges when he reached out to former Limestone County Sheriff Mike Blakely. He allegedly confessed to Connie Ridgway's murder. He was later charged, and the trial date was set for June. 
His escape from the jail gave him several days of freedom, but Huntsville attorney Mark McDaniel says it could damage his insanity defense. His lawyers would have to prove two things to get him off of that capital murder case on that defense, that he had the severe mental disease or defect, and number two, because of that, he didn't understand the nature and quality or wrongfulness of his act. The fact that he did this escape in this case shows that he did know right from wrong. This, this, this shot his, his insanity defense to you know where. Now, the defense has told the court Casey White has an extensive mental health treatment history at a number of facilities in Alabama. His trial is still currently set for June 13th, and the prosecution is seeking the death penalty. White's lawyers have told the court they plan to ask for a change of venue for his murder trial, citing the unfavorable publicity he's received since his jail escape. You know, folks, unbelievable that, you know, attorneys think of this. Oh, yes, an insanity defense. The guy understood exactly what he was doing. He escaped from prison. You know, he understood exactly, exactly what he was doing. And the insanity defense is for someone that's really like off the wall. This guy understood enough to escape. He understood enough to work in tandem with a correctional officer to, uh, to, to commit this, you know, to escape, to commit additional crimes. He understood all the things he was doing. So for them now to come up with this, oh, yes, we're going to try this insanity defense, it, it's ridiculous. And, and another way it's ridiculous is because, look, no matter what happens with that case, I think 75 years in prison when you're 37 years old, that sentence is enough to make sure that you're not going to ever get out of prison. And uh, just a little bit crazy. I'm going to just play a little bit more of, of Casey White. We love to see this of him returning to Alabama with some of the same players we saw along this whole story. Of course, the, the sheriff that has been the talking head pretty much for this whole thing. Tonight, um, almost two weeks after all of this happened. So he's going to be um, spending the foreseeable future at the Donaldson Correction Facility in Birmingham, Alabama. He was returned to Alabama last night after being captured in Indiana. Vicki White, um, the corrections officer who helped him escape, of course, died as a result of... Um, self-inflicted gunshot wound. So Casey White is facing a new charge of escape in the first degree. The focus now turns to his trial for capital murder. It is set to happen a month from now. Uh, right after the arraignment last night, Lauderdale County District Attorney told us here at News Nation they may also pursue further charges against Casey White um, after they review more of the evidence. So we got to thinking, hmm. what is he going to be facing in this new facility, uh, Donaldson in Birmingham? So we want to bring in Larry Levine tonight. Um, he is with Wall Street Prison Consultants, the founder. Uh, Larry, good to see you. Thank you for joining us. So what do you know about you know, it's amazing. They have a talking head for, for every purpose. This guy cracks me up. I mean, I don't know what his expertise is. I think as he did 10 years in prison, he's a prison expert all of a sudden. It's like you get all these sort of like dog characters that are like cartoon characters. And uh, let's see what he has to say. About this Donaldson um, facility, this prison well, in Birmingham. It's run by the Alabama Department of Corrections. It's a higher security facility and... They're going to throw him in the hole, the special housing unit, the shoe, call it what you want. It's not going to have any contact with anybody. And you know what they say, that they're going to have to pipe sunlight into him because they're going to lock him down. But on the other hand, they're not going to keep him in there forever because the likelihood is this guy's never going to get out ever again. 
And he's going to achieve like folk hero status among the inmates that he escaped. He had a, a cop help him escape and he was having sex with her. And he was not a cop. She was not a cop. She's a correction officer. There's a big difference to that. And the staff, I mean, they're going to be real cautious. I imagine in the Lauderdale County Jail, they've changed a lot of their security procedures. And he's dangerous. He, he wanted to hold court on the highway. He never figured that he would get out alive. So he really had nothing to lose. And I honestly think that he's going to point the finger at the lady. It's not like she can defend herself. No, He's right? going to say that it was her idea. She took me out. She did this. She had a car waiting, and I'm a victim here, too. See, he, this is a classic inmate ploy. Got into her head. He played her. Classic inmate manipulation. He told her what she wanted to hear. He told her how beautiful she was. She was lonely, and he he just wanted to get laid. He didn't give a shit about her. Oh, sorry about that. The relationship. <laughs> I, I think he forgot that he was on television. You know, all of a sudden they didn't have the bleep button going. <laughs> was in her mind, and they left that hotel. I know the mindset of criminals. They left that hotel because they were getting on each other's nerves. Imagine this. Imagine being locked in a dumpy hotel with your ex. I'd rather you not. can't go out and do anything. Oh, man. I mean, it's crazy. Larry, you they know. They were driving each other nuts. Let me get your thoughts on this, because they describe the area that Casey White will be confined to as one for the behaviorally difficult to manage inmate. What does that mean? I mean, that's the read shoe, between the, the lines. Special housing unit. So how, okay, will, the, how will the corrections unit. officers be treating him differently? So you think he'll be a, a celebrity among the inmates, but how will the oh, yeah. um, how will the corrections officers be handling this um, giant? They'll probably well, they'll probably send two or three cops when they have to take him out of the cell. You know, he'll be belly chained. He'll be he'll have the leg chains. He'll have the belly chain. He'll be doing the shuffle. They're going to be real careful with this guy, but this guy knows that he's never getting out. And essentially he has nothing to lose. And, you know, I was looking at all the reports that they're going to charge him with this and charge him with that. The guy's doing 75 years already, right? For what the home invasion. Hello. These TV people don't want to listen to that. He's already got 75 years, 75 years. 37 years old, do the math. Is you think he's ever going to walk out of that prison, even if he doesn't get charged with anything else? Carjacking and a police chase in 2015. Well, and he faces the, the capital murder charge from the 2015 stabbing of okay, Connie Ridgway. You're, you're right. You're right about that. But what difference is it going to make to run this scum through court and charge him and give him additional sentences. Well, I mean, look that's the system. Age, I mean, it's, me it's a messy He's system, but it's out. the system, right? I mean, they still have to, he, he still has due process, right? He's still got to go through the system. Well, okay. <laughs> so let's stack charges on him that really mean nothing. We're going to give him another hundred years. We're going to run that concurrent. Mm. We're going to give him a big fine, but the guy doesn't have any money to pay his fine. Hmm. This is it's very sad what happened. But this whole court process, at least in this guy's case, this is a hoax. It is.
It is sad. Uh, Larry, we appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you. And honestly, they appreciated him so much that that guy will never be invited back again because it was actually funny how they didn't, they weren't able to bleep what he said. And it, that, 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 that made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have you back. Larry we'll have you back. The yeah, they'll have them back. on cable at late night. Good that's, to see you, Larry. that's all right. No, it, to Larry's point, it is sad because Vicki yeah. White, um, for better, for worse, died. Yeah. Um, and Connie Ridgway, who I mentioned in 2015, was stabbed to death in her own home. I interviewed her son, Austin, last week. He wanted Casey White caught. He will stand trial in her murder, which he confessed to and then has recanted his statement. So um, we'll be covering that because yeah, this, this is a guy with a really long, very dangerous dangerous, scary rap sheet. Yeah. And also imagine now the difference of how it's going to be to hold that trial because he was there just in regular county jail awaiting trial. Things are going to be a little different from yep. uh, here on out. At Donaldson. All right. Parents right now. Thanks for. So folks, sort of interesting, sort of funny. Um, I'm going to read some of your comments in the chat. Susan Campbell Elliott. There's a Facebook page feeling so sorry for Vicky and Casey. Are you serious? This wasn't some lifetime movie, people. This guy is a murderer. Vicky probably would have been next. Besides that, they went from over 95,000 to 29,000 within one week. Sooner than later, they would have had to steal, rob, and kill to get money and vehicles, and you and your family could have been in their pathway. Get real people. Susan Campbell Elliott, excellent comment. You're preaching to the choir. I find it uh, amusing sometimes that on social media, folks sympathize with um, people that are bad people. You know, uh, I don't know if many of you in the chat, you followed, um, you, you know, um, Can uh, Candace Wells and Don Wells. Uh, I mean, two bad people. You know how many people on social media, on YouTube, on Facebook sympathized with those two. Uh, you know, Summer Wells has been missing now for, I must be a year. They took their other uh, three sons away from them. Don Wells has a history of uh, abusing people. Uh, some, um, Candace Wells is very obviously an alcoholic slash drug addict. And so many people on social media or like sympathetic to them, which I found to be crazy. But you know something? That's why people listen and watch these shows. And ours is, of course, from a police perspective. So if folks don't like our police perspective, they won't subscribe to us. They won't come back and visit us. But that's what it's all about. Folks, I'm going to take a quick break. This is Joe Murray. You want a great attorney in a New York City metropolitan area? Joe Murray is your man. He's a retired police officer but he's a fantastic attorney. You want to reach him. His cell number is 718-514-3855. His email is joe at jmurray-law.com. His website, jmurray-law.com. Fantastic friend of the show. Fantastic attorney. Uh, also, we John Beatty. John Beatty is John Beatty Law, www.jbeattylaw.com. John Beatty is a renowned personal injury attorney. He's also retired as a decorated NYPD sergeant. John comes from a proud NYPD and FDNY family. He was an active sergeant in Brooklyn North and supervised in the legal bureau. John is a proud member of the Honor Legion and the Blue Knights. 
John Beatty litigates across the country for seriously injured victims and has helped recover over $200 million for grieving families. Call John now for a free consultation. John Beatty, 917-797-9520. So, folks, um, this case has been really interesting. I mean, just uh, we've 11 days, they were free. A lot of people um, sort of, you know, sided with uh, with with Casey uh, and Vicky, but you really have to look into this case and see what it was and see the danger that they created with the community by, you know, she created it by helping this gigantic uh, career criminal escape, putting the public, putting herself, you know, what would have happened had they um, stayed out there for a longer time? What would have happened, do you think? Do you think she he would have turned on her? Do you think he would have killed her once the money ran out? Yeah, I, I think that's what would have happened, you know? But, we you know, we in law enforcement, we see this. We see how dangerous these folks are. Uh, it's, you know, we can... We can talk about this, but unless you've experienced, unless you've lived this and lived among bad people like this, I don't know if people can fully uh, fully understand, fully appreciate what the capabilities are of these people. You know, Casey White is facing 75 years for a slew of different crimes, just a slew of different crimes. Which is is to me was is just incredible. And again, now his attorneys are coming up with some you know insanity defense to all of this stuff. And you know attorneys are attorneys. That's what they do. Uh, that's their job. Their job is to create doubt. And that's um, um, that's one of the things. James uh, Lunas, he would have killed her. Yeah, I agree, James. Uh, um, Lieutenant Peter Pranzo, Harlem Raiders is in the house with his wife Richella, two of our Biggest supporters, thank you so much. Smitty, I agree. Love wins. Good afternoon. Uh, Okie dokie seven. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Howdy, y'all. Uh, Phil Leo. We all understand loneliness, but it is inexcusable to endanger the innocent public. She turned to the dark side two years ago and became a felon conspiring to release Casey White. Bill Leo, you're 100%. Uh, Major Tyler. Hey, Bill. How are you, Major Tyler? Great to see you. Thank you for following us. Michelle McGowan. Hi, from the UK, Great Britain. Nikki Bella, good to see you. All you folks in the chat that I know your names because you're supporters of Police Off the Cuff. So good to see you. And, you know, one of the things we covered, uh, th this case, this handsome-looking fella, and I say that facetiously, on the screen, he is now back in custody, uh, facing numerous more charges. Uh, thank God that they tattoo themselves up so when you have them uh, under arrest, there's no doubt who they are. They advertise this, their foolishness with their ink on parts of their body. This fellow here uh, is still out there. He's still escaped. Gonzalo Lopez, dangerous, dangerous guy. He's, a, he's free in Texas. The federal marshals are looking for him as, as we speak, and we're, we're going to hope that uh, they're able to catch him. Gonzalo, uh, your days of freedom are numbered, 
Uh, and I tell you the truth, I would not want the federal marshals looking for me. Well, they'll never be looking for me, but I, you know, uh, you got to hope that uh, you surrender and, and you don't get, uh, you're not met with an untimely end because that could happen. Drew Osborne, nah, it don't help when American police these days are so stupid and stubborn, don't actually listen to people and only, oh, it's this guy, Drew Osborne. I don't know why I read that. Uh, um, um, sometimes I get through it. For sakes alive, right on, Alicia. Saul, Saul T, do we find out if Casey White was grazed by the gunshot? Uh, Saul T, it's not confirmed. It would, uh, there's a, a large part of the investigation that hasn't been released yet. And that part of the investigation, we're, we're um, looking forward to little tidbits like that. Was he shot in the back of the head? Was that a graze wound based on the, the round that was fired? It would make sense, but it has not been confirmed at this point. Uh, Janice Martin, I feel certain this man will not go back in. He most likely will die first. Yeah, well, they all say that. So did the other guy who was just um, arrested in, in Nevada. Um so, uh, son, son hiker mud, son hiker mud. She was obviously willing to take the chance. I believe you're referring to Vicky of him killing her. Sounds like she was depressed, suicidal, and felt she had nothing to lose. One last hurrah, either way. I think you're probably right. You know, there'll be lots of times for psychologists, uh, um, to analyze her, you know, without having ever interviewed her. Um, Smitty, I don't think women should be allowed to work around male convicts. I know that's an unpopular opinion in this day and age. I, you know, uh, I think that maybe women sued to have themselves allowed to do that. So um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to approach that. That's a whole other topic. Darren, Smitty, I agree. So, um, <laughs> So Alex Krychek, that's very funny. I don't think women should leave the house. You're going to get a lot of hate mail, Alex Krychek. Uh, um, what's up with this trend of these guys breaking out? You know, it, it happens probably in um, every once in a while, and then it stops. But, uh, yeah, it could. Um, what do we got here? Paul Lemon, do you think the escapee is still in the area? Well, the experts think that, Yes, he still is in the area, but they've got the area blanketed. I would think that they will uh, be able to, um, uh, to you know, to apprehend him soon. Uh, Renegade, no cure for stupid, but you can dent it with a stick. I like that. I think that's pretty funny. There's always good humor in the chat, and I love it. I love humor. I love... Uh, um, Janice Martin, be careful opening your door to let your pets out. Check everything you can see first. For sakes alive, so he's laying low somewhere. Very possibly. Very possibly he's laying low somewhere. That's for sure. So, folks, I think we had a good show today. I, I think at one point we had like over 1,200, 1,250 uh, 1, people in the chat. A lot of people in the chat. Glad that I could uh, provide some coverage of this on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, um, son hiker mutt as a previous pre-release female caseworker at a state prison women should not work with male inmates maui smith maui i haven't seen you in a while uh i think you should have to see statistically the ratio of this type of situation 
happening. One incident should not discount women working in corrections. I agree with you, Maui Swift. I, I agree. That's true. You can't just, uh, Rose Arellanis. Yes. Uh, we, 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 um, announced it before that the guy who, um, abused his ex-girlfriend, raped his ex-girlfriend was caught in Nevada. We, uh, we announced that before. Boston Christian, many prisons are for profit businesses now, so very low number of guards to prisoners. Is that true? Well, in the for profit ones, you're right. They're trying to make money off of it. And uh, I think for profit prisons are very unpopular with the um, um, with the rank and file public. So, uh, Vanessa, thanks, Kim. I'm going back to the beginning to catch up. Stay blessed, everyone. Uh, you know, guys. I just want to say thank you so much, all you folks that have been joining and um, discovering police off the cuff real crime stories. I'm Sergeant Bill. I usually do the show with Detective Phil. He wasn't available today, so I always have to be ready when Phil's not available to uh, to hit hit it myself to be able to uh, come on and 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 present the cases, present the stories myself, and I, I love to do it. it. Takes a little bit more work. But it's a hell of a lot of fun. So, folks, on this Saturday, May 14th, wow, May 14th already, have a great day. Have a wonderful day. Kiss your family members, hug your loved ones, and I'll see you soon. Be safe out there. One episode, just ain't enough.